buzzing out there. Um, keys just get pucked deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. 76th edition of Just Dishing It. We've got the OG crew here once again. We are working on a lot of different uh, guest opportunities. Things just haven't been uh, coming to fruition just yet, though. We're working on it. Everyone's busy end of summer. Shit gets a little crazy. But the good news is we got plenty of stuff to talk about. We, we got the, the first full real week of college football coming up to gamble away on. Um, you know, even if you don't gamble, if you like the sport, college football is awesome. It's it's awesome. Tremendous parody. So fun. Nick Saban with a fat new contract. Lots of stuff going on there. We get what? Why are you shaking your head? This is just an insane amount of money that that guy gets to coach a football team every every couple of years. You know what, though? He makes that university so much cash. No, I know, I know. No, I, I, no, there's, there's nothing. Yeah, there's. I'm not in a disagreement. It's just pretty crazy how much money that guy gets handed year after year. Yeah, he basically uh, owns the University of Alabama at this point. He's yeah. the highest paid employee in the state. I know Calipari for Kentucky basketball because they're state universities. So oh, I know so that technically are so state I, employees. Technically, yeah. yeah. So I know like Calipari for Kentucky basketball was like the highest paid like Kentucky state employee or something like that <laughs> at one point. Probably still is, I would assume. But I would assume he still is. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that, it's like, you know, they, they generate a lot of money. It's uh, – it's, gotta, gotta is, pay, gotta pay the people that are putting asses in the seats and uh, winning your rings, right? I, I just found it interesting that he wasn't the highest paid college football coach. Say yeah, but I, I think he was, and then a few people pass him. If I'm the people at Alabama, yeah, I'm just like, as soon as somebody signs a deal higher than him, I mean, I'm just giving him like a million dollar race yeah, it just keeps happening though in <laughs> like, the NFL yeah. too though it's just the new wave of contracts every time I feel like um but I feel like there's also what we don't see is a lot of the incentives that are on the back end of things and bonuses like I remember reading Nate Oates when he left UB to go to Alabama and the incentives were just insane like mm. they like bought his house in Grand Island paid it or paid it off or whatever right. and then they also bought his house in alabama he has like private jets um whole cell phone like all those even down to like cell phone plans are like taken care of for the full family and stuff and then like if he has players in this amount of academic range he gets like a ten thousand dollar bonus if they win the like it's just an insane amount of bonus so it was like a good contract but there was probably a chance to make $250,000 per year on top of that with bonuses. You know, everybody likes a nice little bonus incentive. Who doesn't? Even if you're already a millionaire, bonus yeah. cash is fun. Take that right to the craps table <laughs> or the betting kiosk to hammer Alabama on the point spread. Um, but yeah, so I, I before we dive into all that, because there's going to be a lot of things, you know, this, the whole dimension in the past few weeks has changed with one of the original sports betters that I know, John Tudor, returning to the fray, coming out of his hiatus. But we got to talk about Rory McIlroy. I mean, yeah. Tudor, unbelievable. Dude, get in there, buddy. Yeah, I mean, Tour Championship overcomes a six-shot lead, battles Scotty Scheffler down the stretch. Unbelievable win for Rory. I think he's the first person to win three FedEx Cups now. Yep, he is. Um, so awesome for Rory, and it's it's incredible too. Some of the quotes that Rory just produces on behalf of the PGA Tour in the wake of all of the uh, the live drama that's been going on as well. And I think to me that's what made this weekend even way more fun with Rory. Um, and I'm just kind of scrolling back to a couple of them that I had had favorited, but. You know, just things like, um, you know, he said uh, the 70th hole is a nice time to take the lead in a golf tournament or the 52nd hole if you play somewhere else. Um, <laughs> you know, just shit like that where, you know, little jabs or whatever, which I think is hilarious. But no, Rory, um, you know, that that's almost 
almost too perfect too because he's been the guy that's been the most outspoken on behalf of the PGA Tour throughout the whole course of this season. So for him to go through and actually, you know, have that monstrous comeback and face off with, you know, Scotty Scheffler and, and win that coming down the stretch here, it's just you couldn't write a better story on it. Um, you know, and then we got the announcement that uh, more guys are going to live uh, immediately following the tour or the uh, tour championship. So, you know, Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, uh, Mark Leishman, Harold Varner, the third Cameron Tringali, you know, some pretty solid, uh, pretty big name young players there, um, you know, and some. Know, Leishman more established over the course of his career, but you know more guys transitioning over. So I'll be interested to see how it all kind of works out, especially with the uh, the new format the PGA Tour is bringing in with uh, Tiger and Rory as well now with um, technology coming forward. Yeah, want to just dive into that too? But, that, uh, yeah, I'm go very, ahead, Eric. I'm just very curious how that's going to play out. I'm just I don't I like I get that they're trying to do something different, but to me playing off-season sim golf is just not it i i agree i agree with that i i like the idea of the the new format type stuff because to me what that felt like right is it's it's the tour it's part of a tour's response to live right some people have been saying with live golf they kind of like the fact that there's a team element to it so there's going to be a team element to you know this tgl league um but at the same time, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I'd rather watch these guys go play golf somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I don't – like, I would almost rather them, like, if it's off season, than, like, them do, like, every other week or whatever and yeah. just play one round on a Monday. Like, that's it. Just, like, go to, like, a really, really nice course, like, something that's off tour or whatever and, like, just play one round team element kind of thing just because, like – to me, I, these guys already fucking hit the ball so well. Like, I don't need to watch them hit it on a simulator. Like, that's just to me so boring. It's 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 really boring. I mean, those guys like I, I get bored watching myself hit it on. A simulator. I was gonna yeah, say exactly. I stink like, at and, golf, and I don't want to see my own golf shot yeah, on a simulator. And, like, and I need to work on it. And like, I know that the technology is super good and it's probably going to be pretty state of the art and close to like real life. But like, I'm just like, just do it real life. Like you have the ability to, you have the money, you have the capital. Like what's the point of doing it? Like sim golf. I think that's just super weird. I'm in with you, Derek. And it's also like technically at the end of the day, like unless they have like, unless they're going to do like those new platforms that move and stuff and tilt, like where the lie is, you get a perfect lie every single time you play on a. I'm sure, I'm sure they would do that, Derek. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I, just like, I'm just thinking of like all you're taking all of the elements out of it that right. make it very difficult for a golfer to, mm-hmm. you know, like rough. There's like no, even that, like you can't, you can't simulate that, like hitting out of the rough and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. I'm interested to see how they put it together because they definitely won't let it be like very open-ended. Like it's going to be very polished, I feel like, but I'm just really curious how it's going to play out. But I mean, I, Hey, I'd love for them to prove me wrong and it's electric, but you know, I, the idea of it in response to live, I just thought that kind of fell flat. I think what they need to do is hire me. <laughs> this is what you do. You give them this. Hang, hang on. You give them, you get them all boozed up, or you get a crowd. Get create that waste management open, you know, ch- tournament feel. Okay. There they do there in the desert. Get some drunk people in there. Make it like a craps table gambling hall element, like you're playing dice or something. Like shot by shot, have people throwing bucks right down. Who's gonna hit it further? Who wins the whole, like, make it a complete degenerate shit show. Like, if you're going to go for the entertainment value, I mean, do something crazy like that. Like, actually give it a go. So I might as well watch one of these fucking guys play the fucking video game on Twitch. I think That's to smart. me what it what would be really cool is just, like, wild formats that the guys can have fun with. Almost like... 
like shambles or something like that not even not even that just like video game style formats like i'm thinking the old tiger woods video games where you could play battle golf and if you beat your opponent on a hole you got to take a club away so you know Mm -hmm. if you beat rory McIlroy on a hole he's the best driver player that we've ever seen so you take his driver out of the bag and now he can't use it or you beat tiger woods on a hole you know now you get to take away you know one of his clubs like i think that would create a really fun format with like a that. lot of these top players and you'd see guys get really creative with shots right like if you had no restrictions on it and you could take you know if you beat tiger on a hole and you could take his scotty cameron away like you know <laughs> if, you, if you had to go out there and watch him try to putt with another club or you know rory trying to get a four iron to fly you know as far as he can because his his driver and three wood are gone stuff like that i think would be awesome um I you like know, that because like Taylor made does stuff like that um, with their golf content. Like at the beginning of the year, they always like, they bring out their athletes and they put them through like different video situations where it's like fun. And I actually love watching all of that stuff. Like and, um, the Euro tour actually does stuff like that too. Um, on their social media, they'll play like one club challenges and stuff like that, where like you'll spin a, spin a wheel and you have to play, you know, a whole you know par five with a lob wedge or something like that kind of deal you know um, huh. there's some cool stuff I, I there's definitely ways to make it fun i just i'm very curious how this like sim golf is going to end up going um, is it just about unanimous if you do play that kind of battle golf format the putter's the first club to go well i think a lot of times they're you know, there'd be like a restriction on that. I feel like I the putter would be the It'd one be that like, you can't. yeah, like the putter would probably be like the one club that you can't, but like, you know, you could take somebody's driver, you could take their wedges, whatever, you know, make them, make them try to chip with a seven iron or something like that at some point. Like, I like, I, lo- I mean, I like that idea too. Do they think that would be a fun switch up? I've uh, always, and I've never done it. I've always said I wanted to. I've always thought that'd be really fun to just like, you know, do with a group of buddies on a Sunday and just like kind of screw around and be like, yeah. you know, Hey, like something different. Right. Cause I mean, that's golf, something when you, all of you and your buddies have a, like a uh, country club membership can do. Cause like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just like, I don't want to waste like a round I, of golf to like playing something like I when agree. I don't play very often kind of, thing, I agree. So. Cause that's, that's kind of been my holdup and doing it over the years i mean granted like depending on where i play right like if i play at the course that i used to work at where i can still you know thankfully play for free i wouldn't mind doing it but yeah like i don't want to i've had buddies be like oh why don't we do like an alternate shot or why don't we do like I'm a like, two-man no, scramble and it's like nah, dude if i'm gonna pay 65 bucks to play around like i want to actually play my ball um yeah like i want to know how much i you know my score on this on this course kind of thing you know and like better better myself from then on it's like that's definitely stuff you do when you have a membership somewhere and you have a group of buddies and you're like oh let's change it up a little bit you know for sure it's fair we'll be interested to see though i'm actually really interested to see what happens with some of these other guys going to uh to live golf as well so are they like running out of PGA Tour guys? Are they like going hitting the farm? Are they calling up some of the not necessarily some of the guys on the lower tour? Like how's not this necessarily. Work? I mean, there's enough guys on the PGA Tour, but like you're obviously losing. I saw something today where, um, so the field for the next live event in Boston, um, the guys that they have in their field have won half of the last 24 major tournaments. So Liv is actually getting a <laughs> lot crazy. of really top-end talent, right? It's no longer what it was in the first event when everyone was like, oh, they're getting guys that are past their prime and kind of on the back nine of their career or their no-names. It's like they're starting to get guys now. And what I thought was cool, too, is uh, Harold, Var- Harold Varner III actually uh, – just announced he's moving over and i love hv3 um just a fun guy to watch he just you could tell he loves the game and he gave i think the most honest answer in his statement of going over where he basically said look you know i appreciate the pga tour i love the tour they gave me an opportunity coming from rural north carolina didn't grow up with a lot of money to you know provide for myself my family but the move to live 
really provides a solid financial base for my entire family moving forward for future generations. And that's important to me. And, you know, he's really one of the first guys that's flat out said, I appreciate the PGA tour and what they provided me, but if I have an opportunity to go somewhere else where I'm guaranteed to make more money, then I'm going to do it for myself and my family. And I thought that's, that's what I think a lot of people have been waiting to hear for a while. It's like, Hey, don't tell us like all these BS reasons. Like just admit that it's for the money and there's no shame in that. Right. Yeah. Because at at the end of the day, it'll hold the PGA accountable. I'll say, you know what I mean? Like like, you guys want these players to play here. You got to start upping your money, which they've done a good job of of adjusting that as well. So, but it goes to show, and we've talked about it on this podcast of that. These players see how much money the PGA is making and how much money they're not dishing out to the players. So it's like, at the end of the day, it is kind of the PGA's problem and like how quickly they were able to respond in upping a lot of the purses for like, the end of the year tournaments like obviously next year is going to be really big changes i think but like this you know they made a lot of impromptu changes with for some very large tournaments towards the end of the year in terms of like purse size and stuff just so that they could please some of these golfers and hope keep them around until next season kind of thing but i thought that was really crazy i didn't know that hv3 went and then that's surprising to me because i feel like he's another like poster boy of like the pga tour because like he came up through the what is that the uh pitch putt or what is it something putt uh pitch chip putt or something yeah i can't remember drive chip putt yeah it's something like it's the pga's or or no he came up through the first t program i think is what it was first t yeah so like that's like a, you know i was PGA, thinking football punt pass kick yeah or something that's like. it's it's the same it's pretty yeah. much the same thing it's like for like lower um like lower opportunity areas like pushing the game onto them kind of thing so I, that's why i just was thinking of like you know he came up all the way through the pga so that that's why it's kind of shocking to me that's the only reason but yeah i love it but really hey, quick money for money. Yeah. I mean, guaranteed money is guaranteed money, right? Like yeah. we've gone over this a ton and, you know, they keep getting good grabs. So it's, you know, it's something we're going to talk about. Um, one thing we did not get to a um, little hockey nugget that is very crucial before we get into all this football stuff we have to get into because, you know, the day that the podcast comes out, episode 77, will be the day that the Buffalo Bills play their first regular season game. But, but, among other things, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Fill the thrill. Off to Las Vegas. Vegas, baby. My question before we get into this. Um, I First of all, I need a reenactment of that clip from the hangover with phil playing alan <laughs> i need that really oh, nice. really badly I can, um, I can get that. yeah we should figure that out um number two tutor are you going to be filing for a number change now as a member of the burners now that he phil the thrill is wearing number eight i might and if you're to. jonathan marches though are you uh you giving up 81 or, you know, are you going to offer it to Phil the thrill? What, you, what, what is, what's the thoughts there, boys? I don't I, think Phil gives a flying fuck at the end. I don't of the think day. he does either. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think Phil cares. I mean, honestly, I feel like this is tearing down an entire personality trait of mine um, is wearing number 81 in beer league because of Phil Castle. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I might have to uh, file a petition to change my number uh, to number eight. We'll see what that process looks like. Uh, I'm going to have to uh, speak to our team captain and maybe uh, league commissioner this year to see if I'm going to have to buy the existing jersey stock, you know, for all the kids out there that have my uh, my number 81 burners jersey uh, in their closet. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's it's tough. I mean, it's – I I love Phil, and I want to see him uh, play well. Um you know, but it's going to be weird watching him in a different number, and I, I might have to make an adjustment because of it. Do Phil and Eichel get paired together? Um, I Derek read my mind. I don't that. know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. Um, I think it's an that, American American ass line. Just yeah. Like, so I don't American. know who you put them. I mean, they're both right hand shot. Like, I don't think. Like, I think you almost want to like spread them out a little bit. 
I, I don't think Phil plays on that high of a line anymore no. either. No. You know, I mean, he's he's a guy that can still give you a few goals, but I mean, he's not he's not going to pot thirty. Uh, I don't think. I don't know, man. Like, I think that could work. I really do. Yeah, I, I guess I guess my thing with Phil too is like, I don't think anyone when they come out of Arizona, we can really evaluate them on the terms of like what their ceiling is on production now that I think about it because I mean and that's and that sounds horrible to the coyote the coyotes um, sorry sorry biz um you know uh but it's one of those things where when you don't have all the weapons around you how do you really evaluate that right do I think Phil's a guy that really is going to carry a line and do it on his own no but I look at what Phil was doing in Pittsburgh before he ended up going to Arizona just a couple of years ago. And I mean, that guy was still very productive putting the puck in the net because he's always in the right spot. He has a great shot, very accurate shooter, um, you know, just a high IQ player in terms of how he navigates the offensive zone and, and figures out different ways to put the puck in the net. So, yeah, if, he, if he's got guys on his line, maybe he does score, you know, 25, 30 goals this season. Um, you know, I guess I wasn't really thinking about it like that in terms of the, the step up and the talent he's going to have around him. Yeah, I mean, because I'm just looking at what they have on their roster right now. Um, I mean, even if you go to like, you know, via cap friendly here, if you go to their depth chart, they have him in, on the third line with Carrier and uh, Nicholas Waugh. I mean, I could easily – see him bumping up to that, that second line spot too. I mean, you're going to have injuries. It's, you know, and you got some playmaking centers there. You got William Carlson, you got Jack Eichel, you know, I, just for me, how they have it, it's just kind of interesting. Cause I mean, I don't know if he fits on that line. Like I know typically you get like your fourth lines kind of like the, the meat and potatoes, you know, the, we get the sandpaper to the, the game, grit. the grit, right? But like Carrier and Nicholas Watt kind of. Carrier is not exactly, <laughs> uh, you know, bring, scaring anyone in the offensive zone. Yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. We'll see how that all pans out. But uh, I mean, obviously, as good as that, this rostered me staring at the forwards and the defensemen here. The goaltending is going to be a problem. I mean, I thought it was a problem when Laner was uh, Robin Laner was healthy, but yeesh. you got Logan Thompson, right? And uh, they just, did they pick Warren, up Aiden, did they get Aiden Hill? They did know? get Aiden Hill. Yeah, another guy who kind of was you know people thought a lot of him coming in. And he really isn't. Yeah, much in his experience in the league. Yeah, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. It's unfortunate for me though because. Uh, I mean, it, it adds to the fun for us November 10th, though, Derek. I mean, it's, it's one, of, one of those things. Yeah. Something else to pay attention to. But uh, it's certainly – it's cool, though. It makes Vegas a little more likable for me, I would say, as far as, like, uh, you know. Phil's just a likable guy. Just a neutral – exactly. How do you not like him as an individual? Yeah, exactly. It – uh. It provides a little, an off, a bit of an offset for me to a little bitterness I have with just how they just made out like unbelievably well in the expansion draft. There's obviously the uh, the Eichel drama stuff, which you know what's gone funny? over a ton. But what's yeah. funny too is if Vegas starts to struggle, I'll be interested to see kind of like how they how they respond because they obviously didn't have the year they thought they would last year. But I remember from being in Vegas all-star weekend I I was in an Uber just like shooting the shit with my Uber driver on the way over to the arena one day and he uh he was actually from uh, the northeast and was actually a Penguins fan so we got talking about that and uh, he said his wife grew up out in Vegas and she became a hockey fan only when they got the Golden Knights and a lot of his friends that are out in Vegas only became fans when they got the Golden Knights. And they obviously had, you know, Stanley Cup 
you know, playoff run their first year in existence. So he was like, what's interesting is this town loves the Knights, but they don't know what it's like to have a bad hockey team because they got the expansion draft made out like bandits and then went almost all the way to win it their first season. So these fans have never experienced the losing hockey team. Like most of them didn't even watch hockey until, you know, be nice. uh, right when that, <laughs> yeah, but it'll be interesting to see how those fans kind of, kind of respond, right? Do they just like it because the team is really good or are they kind of like legit hockey fans now where they're just into the sport? Right. Somewhere like Buffalo or somewhere like, you know, a Boston or, you know, that type of area where hockey is such a big part of life for, you know, families, kids, people growing up, whatever. They can have bad teams for, you know, a handful of years and and people are still going to watch a game because they love the sport out there. It might be more tied to just success. Yeah. I mean, look at the Coyotes. I mean, they're. You know, they had they had some success and some packed barns kind of early on and they've struggled and, you know, not really don't draw much. And everyone wants them moved out of the desert except for Gary Bettman. They'll be packing the, the mullet arena this year, though. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. You know, I hope they could sell 5,000 tickets. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, a, the staff in the building takes care of a quarter of the the fucking capacity. So I, I would hope. Yeah. So that'll be really interesting. I mean, I was thinking about that. Today. They got to have a ton of like shenanigans to kind of lean into that playing in the college atmosphere. Ready? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would think so. You like, are they just going to keep pretending it's like super kind of professional or like, are they going to get almost, into semantics? I think you have to get into some of the some of the playing on it a little bit and kind of making fun of yourself um, in a way because you know to go through and pretend this is like normal for an NHL you know team to do this I don't think would land very well I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that they are not gonna lean into it it's gonna be an absolute dumpster fire um, because they have literally watched this organization just piss itself away in the past like five years realistically like not like but I'm, it's it's tough because like it just seems like the ownership just really doesn't care at the end of the day yeah and it's like that's, multiple ownership groups too yeah it's, no that's it? what i mean that's and it's so like weird. you would think that like someone and that's what like you would think that someone would come in and change it up but like they just keep going back to their old ways so like i i, I truly think there just won't be any change whatsoever i think they're just gonna play it off that they're like things oh, we're change. in between like no like we're in between stadiums kind of thing we're building an option or something like that kind of thing i just like are like a part in our dust kind of thing you know like i, I <laughs> things yeah, things I, won't <laughs> change in the desert until poppy goes home yeah i mean that's the thing is like you got to really like I, I think the change needs to start from internally on the team first before you know anything is going to change business-wide on the outside i mean They've been bottom of the barrel getting lower end, you know, I mean, good, good draft picks. When was the last time? I mean, besides Keller, like what was the last like really good pick that they've had? Barrett Hayden. Yeah. I mean, and then before that, what? Are like, we biased because he wore Oliver, skate skins? Yes. Yeah. But like Oliver Ackman Larson, you know, I mean, like. Yeah. I'm just like thinking of like, there's been a lot of big name players that have come out of the draft the past couple of years and none of them have been in Arizona. So I just think it's starts with the team first, obviously, and nothing's changed in the past almost decade now. I would got a couple good ones this draft though. So, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think, I think the scaling back is probably the best way to go about making some changes for sure. Um, yeah. A lot less overhead for them to deal with, but like at the end of the day, I feel like a professional franchise should not be worried about overhead. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. you should just be competing for winning a championship every single year and not worrying especially, about like especially, business. Like there should not be any business decisions that are literally impacting the team whatsoever. Especially in a situation where it's like it's the NHL. You're you're not. Yeah, it's not like soccer where you can get relegated and like the everything changes like it's so it's such a huge blow to the franchise well and it's also 
like also when is the nhl gonna put their foot down like when are they gonna step in and do something like how does that look good for the nhl that they have one team playing in a college arena like that can't look good for image and Gary's old and they Gary's certain, an old and they guy certain, he likes that dry can. air I know, and they it's good for his joints. They certainly he loves are it. not producing enough money that the NHL is happy. I can tell you that because they they physically can't. They don't have enough revenue coming in from the arena. Like, <laughs> do you think Gary Bettman plays like Xbox and he like does GM mode and he makes the the yotes sick? Like, do you think that's like his like? He probably relocates them and be a GM, honestly, yeah. because that's what he wants them to actually do. But no, Gary's the one that wants him in the desert. Is he really? I could yeah, see him. Gary, Gary's kind of the reason that yeah. he's never really made any progress in like people being able to move them because there's other cities that are putting in you growing know, the game some, kind some of thing. inquiries to try to get the team. And yeah, Quebec he doesn't City want is him. dying. Yeah, and he doesn't want to move them out of that area because he wants a team in that geographic location. I mean, I mean, it, it makes sense. It yeah, it does, makes like, sense. You know, you don't you don't have to sell people on Montreal or in Quebec for you know to like hockey. They all play it anyway. I yeah. don't think you would have to sell hockey in Scottsdale, though. You know. Nice cool arena. Get out of the hundred and ten degrees. Exactly, exactly. And then you get to walk outside in shorts and a t-shirt. What more can you ask for? Beautiful, it really is. What more can you ask for? Yeah, it's I could like see I, like hockey in LA. It's like what could you? What more could you ask for? Yeah, I could see. Uh, I could see Gary Bettman, you know, popping on the NHL twenty-one, whatever, right on his PS five there. A little closet gamer kind of guy cracks open his Seagram's wine cooler. He's a Chills lizard. there. Does his alter ego, Barry Getman. He's a lizard. Yeah, just, just turns himself into the GM of the Phoenix Coyotes, signs Austin Matthews, trades for fucking, I don't know, who else? Andre Barkov. Like, he's just, he's going balls to the wall. Um, I will I say, so be- see it. before we wrap up the NHL stuff, um, Zegris as a uh, cover athlete was uh, definitely um, – not on my bingo chart, that's for sure. Uh, I also saw some interesting like, comments on that about how, like, he's Zegris, perfect for it though. But, but yeah. like, but how Zegris and Sarah Nurse were on the cover together, and they were both like in sneakers, like on the street, versus like like an action shot, like in their uniforms, like normal on NHL games. Like, yeah, it is weird. The, the, it is, I thought it's that cover was very weird that way yeah. where like, you know, I you would it. think like the two of them being like, you know, hockey players would be on their skates, but. I love Nick it. And, Nick and I were, cause they were teasing it and we were at the studio and we were like, Hmm, there's palm trees and a beach where this location is. I was like, can't be anyone on LA, that's for sure. I was like, I don't think anyone on Anaheim's getting the, the cover. And then I didn't even think about. I, I was just like, Zegris like totally. They added my his mind. over the net pass into the mechanics of the game. Yeah, I saw that too. That's gonna destroy the game even more. E- <laughs> EA loves doing things where they just destroy that game. You're gonna a get lot a of... bunch of like twelve year old sweats in their pants. Oh, it's yeah, terrible. Cause, oh, cause it's for the terrible. first month, that's gonna be a guaranteed goal if you try that. Yeah, yep. it's gonna be the glitch goal for sure. I have a bunch of friends that play like like they're really high up in club, and I'm they're probably gonna be so mad at that. Yeah, they just like they add they like they That's love like the one add video stuff. game that I still play. Yeah, no, it's great, but like they could make it so much better, but they just don't care because they just make money off of it. At the end of the day, it's the same thing with Madden. They just don't care because people still buy it. So like well, yeah, there's, there's no stuff that they should fix like in the game, but they just literally just don't because they don't have to. I mean, so I think would... the best thing to happen to FIFA was PES. Yeah. Well, and P- now they compl- EA completely lost it, right? Well, they they just didn't renew the contract with uh, FIFA because that's like a the, a governing body of World Soccer organization. Madden's in some hot water too. But EA Sports, Derek, is still going to make a soccer game. It's just not going to be called FIFA. They can't mm-hmm. use that name. It's still they, they own all the technology and stuff. But it's going to be different now because there's like all these because there's so many teams in FIFA, right? There's like all these licensing things they do. I was gonna say you're going to lose like, out on a lot of licensing from it. 
I I think it could go the other way because they don't have to pay a cut to FIFA anymore. Mm. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the percentages shake up because I bet they're going to be able to reach some deals with some of these clubs that they give them fake names and stuff. Like the past few, Juventus has not been in FIFA because they went exclusive with uh, Konami. I think that's a gaming company, right? I yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. the ones that make yep. PES Pro Evolution Soccer. And um, so they were they signed an exclusive deal. Roma was another one that recently did it. Uh-huh. But for this last FIFA game that's coming out, uh, Juventus, they made like an agreement where they're going to come back and their, their stadium's going to be in it. It's going to be the actual jerseys, all that and everything. So oh, wow. it's, it's really interesting. And I think that's crazy because they are a pretty big club, too. Oh yeah, they're the the old lady. They're they're huge, man. They um, I actually watched a sick uh, documentary about uh, one of the chairmen from like the early two thousands when that club was first coming up because they used to stink. They used to just not be in the top Serie A. They were like stuck in Serie B forever. But uh, they had uh, there was a huge like officiating like <laughs> controversy there where like the chairman of Juventus was like calling up the official's office, like had him in their pocket. And he's like, oh, we got uh, these four games coming up um, for our rest. These officials, yeah. He, he wouldn't say we need these ones. He would tell them who he will not accept as their officials because he is just that, didn't like them. Is, I wonder if there's a thing like that in any pro sports, though, where you can block certain officials. I mean, I don't think there is, but I know like even in high school sports, you can do that. Like one of my buddies, uh, his dad is a basketball ref uh, in Western New York here for high school. And I had asked him about that. He said that actually there's a certain number of, of guys, but it's almost like jury selection where like, if you, if you, you might be able to tell like section five or section six, whatever, be like, Hey, like, you know, don't schedule these guys on our games. Like if they have a bad pass history against each other or whatever, you know, you can basically throw a couple of refs out where they won't schedule them on your games. Hmm. Very interesting. I just, I didn't know if that was existed in like any pro sports, none of, none of like the major ones in North America. I, I wouldn't think have that because um, I've never heard of it, but I didn't know if any of like, the European soccer leagues or anything like that. Had so to- basically, not to ruin this because it's a super interesting documentary. It's not really ruining it, but there really isn't. Basically, they tried to go after the Juventus and their chairman and then some of the other ones at bigger clubs and the owners and stuff for match fixing. But it was very like you if you watch it, you'll see like it's a very much a gray area because yes, you can't fix matches or like pay refs to make certain calls and stuff like that. But it was basically like the head of officiating was like really buddy buddy with some of these chairmen and these presidents and stuff like that. And all in all, they, they couldn't prove it essentially, but they they still like banned him and stuff like that. They gave like a ban out and, and things for some of these guys. But like, I don't know, it's super interesting because it really makes you think because they have like wiretaps and stuff where you can hear some of these phone calls that they're making. And it's honestly kind of funny where he's like, not, uh, not Javino. He's shit. He was absolutely shit. Like you can't have him like some of these, some of the complaints they're making and stuff. And you're like, you don't really think too much of it, but it's like, um, you know, some of the subtleties you're kind of, that they'll say back and forth with the, the head of officiating, you're kind of like, I could see how like the, the, the prosecution could argue that's match fixing. Like I could see, I could see that certainly, but it's really interesting. I'll have to find, I don't remember the name of the thing. I think it's a Netflix series, actually bad sport. There's like a bunch of different like stories in it. And there's one about that's one of them that's in there. Um, Highly recommend it. I have to give it a peek, but yeah, for sure. Um, I want to make sure. Yeah, I want to make sure we touch on some football because we got the first full slate of college coming up. I mean, is there anything better? I mean, no, there's things that are no, better, but nothing, it, this is right at the better. top. Literally nothing better. Maybe Boxing Day for the Premier League for me, but, I mean, this is yeah, one boxing, of the – Yeah, Boxing Day is up there too. 
Yeah, because yeah. you just loaf around and don't have yeah. to do shit. And you just that's when, I, that's when I wake up at 6.30 in the morning and I text Benny and I say, what are we doing today? And I just, <laughs> and I just ride the coattails. There you go. I want to I want to dive in. I haven't um, I haven't dove into the slate as deep as I'm going to when I place yeah. my bets. But I know for certain there are at least two games that I saw as, you know, lines and everything that I really like. Tutor, I don't know if you have anything as well. I got about four that I've already kind of penciled right. in. So I think what we should do, we should kind of keep track of these picks here and see where we end up at the end of the season percentage wise. Yeah, we could do that. I think we should do that. So um, we're just going to – we touched on that a little bit before we started recording, but uh, we're going to do it. We're going to give it a go. Derek, are you going to participate in this? I think I'm going to have to. Yeah, why not? Derek's going to be giving out the underdogs, underdog money lines. It will not be uh, Derek's going to throw in that. like a six-team parlay every week. I, every I, week. I, I probably will. I like throwing them in there. They're exciting. But it's a long shot, and we know that going in. So um, I will I will go first. Why not? I'm sitting here staring at it. I got – I have no backup. I'm not – because I don't do a lot of, like, off-season reading into teams and recruiting classes and stuff like that. It's just not my thing. Um, in the past, that has bit me in the ass. I compare that to, like, fantasy football. If I start reading that fucking magazine or listening to Matthew Barry and his stupid T-shirts giving fucking fantasy football advice on who you should draft where, I immediately am going to be in the bottom floor of the fucking league. So I don't do it. I just I hit the draft and I hit the waiver wire. Just draft the next best guy, waiver wire. That's how it goes. And that's kind of how I do the college football here. You learn as you go a little bit because you start to see the trends. You see what teams are hot, yada, yada, yada. My first one of the two that I'm going to stick with for this week, we got Utah Utes against Florida Gators. Oh, I got this one too, so I want to know who you're picking. I am hammering Utah. Oh, my goodness. Hammering Utah. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. I love their logo. They were they They disappointed me last year, and I tell you what, this one was tricky, but I remembered saying to myself, I forget the game that Utah lost last year. Um, where they just, I was really upset. Or it was a spread they didn't cover or something. And I said, I remember saying to myself, week one, I have to give them a reason to see if they're going to be on the gambling blacklist or not for the 22 season. So I think the, spread's, the spread is three. In favor, Utah's minus three right now. I see it as, yeah. So depending on how that moves, honestly though, if I get the this is one of these tight ones, Tudor. If it goes to three and a hook, I think I got to take Florida. It's something that I could easily switch on with a number that small in the college game, right? But I think if it goes the other way to two and a half, I think it's an instant bet for Utah just to see to kind of get a, a read lay of the land for the Utah Utes. So, since you have that one, I'm guessing you're taking Florida. Florida plus three at home in the swamp. Yeah. I, I mean, Anthony Richardson coming in at quarterback. Sophomore year after he redshirted his first year, played in eight games last year. He's a highly touted NFL prospect moving forward at quarterback. They got a deep backfield, too. Florida's always got speed and athleticism. I just... I like I like Florida at home to to pull off the upset here against Utah. I do. I like them to win outright on the game, but if I can get them at plus three, I think they keep it close enough. Where even if they lose by a field goal, you push the bet. I just think Florida. Yeah. Plus, I love home underdogs too. I love home underdogs. So I mean, Florida plus three at home. I think I might have a different outlook if it was at Utah, but mm-hmm. in the swamp, I'm going to take the Gators. Yeah, and I think I'm going to – I had a third one. I'm on the fence, and since you had that game as well, I think I'll give out my third one as right. well. Um, but – so we got – I got to make sure I got Florida plus three for two. All right, very good. Another one that I was eyeing up, I want to see what this line does. I got 
I believe I have this right here. Then the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. We got the Oregon Ducks at the Georgia Bulldogs. The line is 17 in favor of Georgia. You can get them on the money line at minus 900. I don't know. I think I, I like Georgia here. Obviously, um, coming off the national championship, I think it's again. This is another thing where you got to test these good teams. You know, not even a good team, a top tier team with a pretty big point spread against a pretty formidable opponent. I admittedly don't know much about Oregon, but I think coming off that national championship, you know, the the Georgia faithful are going to be fired up. I think it's going to be super. Super interesting, and I don't think – when I saw that line, I thought for a defending national champion at, you know, being at home, I believe, that's a pretty low number given what Georgia did last year. I know they lost yeah. a good amount of pieces. So I think part of that one, Benny, and I stayed away from this game, but part of it is Bo Nix, who's the former Auburn quarterback, is now playing at Oregon. So I think that does play into the number a little bit. You get someone that's comfortable in those big SEC environments playing quarterback and kind of has, has been there, done that before. Not that I think Oregon's going to win that game, but I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's probably part of that number and why it's not a little bit bigger. You guys want some real juicy action? Let's hear it. Michigan at minus 15,000. <laughs> are they playing like Western Michigan or something? Like Colorado they're, they're on my they're on my slate, Derek. So I'll get to that. They are a minus thirty and a half spread. That's 20, kinda... Twenty-seven and a half. Ooh. That's okay. Twenty-seven and a half. Okay, Ooh. I'm just seeing what the ESPN line. Is. Now I'm yeah, I'm gonna it. I'm gonna get to that one, Derek. They're on my slate. So yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick Georgia. That was the one that I said I'm gonna bring back in. Um, I, I feel good about Georgia. You know getting the season off to a, to a good start there as far as, um, you know, coming off the national championship, they're going to be buzzing. So I'm going to go with that one for my first pick for Georgia minus 17. A, a realistic, um, a realistic uh, bet that I think I kind of like, I'm just keeping an eye. I haven't done same thing as Benny. Um, they've been my college team through basketball Won a little bit on them during the College World Series, but woo pig, baby, woo pig. I think Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's in, that's on mine as well, Derek. All right. Arkansas versus uh, Cincinnati. Arkansas is a minus. Uh, this is it says minus, minus two, six. Uh, minus six, but a minus two forty. I'd probably take that money line, honestly. Mm. All right. It's a safer. safer, I mean, it's not a bigger payout, but six is still a nice number. Six is tough. It's a tough. It's a nice number. I don't mind six. But I feel like it's going to probably move to like six and a half. Probably it could jump up to seven. Yeah, it's still. Yeah, I could see that. It's going to be a super interesting. The first week is always so crazy. There's always so much that goes on, even because it's never exactly what you expect. Especially, especially this year, I feel like because. Now it's kind of compared to compared to college football historically, it's kind of the wild west in terms of kids transferring now. So you get a lot of big name players who have, you know, had success or had opportunities at certain schools now playing at other places. Um, you know, so that kind of plays a factor into it also where, you know, if you're not on top of those things, you might not realize that some of those some of those guys are playing at different places. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had the Bo Nix thing. I just, I had like, he was, you know, obviously, uh, you know, playing, uh, being a starting quarterback, quarterback at Auburn. That's a big deal. I had no idea that he transferred to, to Oregon. Uh, so, you know, things like that are definitely uh, things you're going to learn along the way. But uh, I think I will be hopping back on the Caesars for this, uh, for this bout of uh, football because they, um, they have the most flexibility in terms of lines. I feel like um, either that or DraftKings. I'm not too sure where I'm going to put. Yeah, I think you can tease up to two points on Caesars, I believe. Um, so yeah, it, it's pretty good. All right, Tudor, we've all gone around the the table once here. <laughs> Finish up your slate, and then we'll go. Uh, we'll, we'll polish this off here. Yeah. So uh, I got. 
I guess it's actually five games that I had right. circled here. So mm-hmm. a couple of them we've already talked about. I got Florida plus three at home, as I mentioned. Um, I got Arkansas at home minus six on the spread. They're hosting Cincinnati. Cincinnati had that Cinderella run to the college football playoff last year. They obviously lost Desmond Ritter, their quarterback, to the draft. They lost Sauce Gardner, uh, their number one defensive back, to the draft. Um, you know, a couple studs. They lost like nine starters, I think, in total. Um, so just I don't love Cincinnati, and I think Arkansas is kind of on the rise right now. So Arkansas at home minus six is on the slate for me. Um, we'll pay. Derek, Derek mentioned it earlier, but Michigan is minus 20 and a half against Colorado State. Um, for those of you that don't know anything, 30 and a half, 27 and a half, 27 and a half. Okay. For I got Caesars. Is, Caesars is saying 30 and a half. Where are you looking at? Uh, um, I had it a couple places earlier, but I guess not important. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you don't know that much about Colorado State football, that's because there's not much to know. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I mean, one stat that kind of jumps out to with Michigan there, Michigan's at home in this game. They're going to be fired up, obviously, first game of the season. But Michigan last season, 5-1 and one against the spread in games that they were favored by 14 points or more. So that's a little nugget for you. Against the spread, very good in those big gaps right there, right? There There's is. There's no reason – there well, is a people, new QB, I though I think right, though, this year, there is. But I think what's important to realize with some of these things, and this is probably this statement's going to bite me in the ass when I tell you about my next pick. Um, but with a lot of these college games, right, especially early in the season where you get Power Five teams playing against non-Power Five teams, there's a reason the spread is what it is. And it seems scary when a team has to win by four touchdowns to cover the spread. But the reason they're favored by that much is because they should win by that much. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you don't have to overthink it. Um, You know, next pick um, this one. I don't know why I continue to put my hard earned money on this team. They hurt me too many times, but I'm ready to get hurt again. Um, Ohio State's hosting Notre Dame Aww. week one. <laughs> Notre Dame is plus 17 and a half. I love Ohio State to win the game. I think Notre Dame plus 17 and a half, though, is a pick I will probably make because I think that they cover that spread. Ohio That's a State. Very generous spread for a team right. that finished think, pretty well last year. And I, I think Notre Dame and Ohio State, you got two top five teams Ohio State number two, Notre Dame number five. Notre Dame's coming in under a new head coach, Marcus Freeman, who is working with their defensive unit last year. That unit was so strong. Ohio State has CJ Stroud at quarterback. He's the Heisman frontrunner, unbelievable talent. Their offense is never a question mark. Ohio State's defense under a new defensive coordinator, that's what I'm looking to see. Do I think that Ohio State – do I think Ohio State's an elite team? Absolutely. Do I think their defense is going to figure it out? Yes. But week one, they're probably not going to be hitting on all cylinders defensively, and I think Notre Dame can do enough to cover that 17.5-point spread, although I think Ohio State wins at home. Um, So that's that's – I like that play too. Yeah, that's that's kind of one that I had on my radar. And then the other one for early in the week action, for those of you that don't want to wait until Friday and Saturday to place your bets, Thursday night there's going to be a fun game, the Backyard Brawl, West Virginia versus Pitt. Um, it's going to be a fun game. Pitt's favored right now by 7.5 as of about an hour ago before we started recording this. Um, I don't love the spread. What I do love in this game is the over – under is set at 51 points both of these teams can put up 30 points uh jt daniels in a quarterback for west virginia he's a transfer from georgia really solid quarterback and then kendon slovis transferred into pit from usc so you've got two high power quarterbacks going into this game i like over 51 in that game i absolutely love it this is exciting i'm so happy um I I think it's going to – you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to – Derek, I'm adding Utah minus three back to my board. 
but I'm putting for those listening I, a hard cutoff at three. If it goes to three and a half, bet Florida. I don't know that it's going to though, because like Tudor was saying with these Power Five teams against you know the, of conferences and stuff like that. Florida Gators are a very storied program, I would say. You know, the fact for the first game of the season, they're at home and they're an underdog. I like home underdogs too, but there's something going on up there in Utah. There's something up there in the water, I think. There, there's a little something going on. That would make that just makes me a little weary. So I'm going to trust my gut. We're going to have a little head-to-head here with Tudor and I um, on a pick. We'll, we'll start week one off properly. Have a I, little, will, uh, I will say, too, before we wrap up, the important caveat to a lot of these bets is the fact that when we talk about these, it's typically Monday or Tuesday night. Yes. And by the time the game comes around, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Line movement can happen, and a half a point can be huge in swaying one way or the other. So you are you saying you're locking these in like – today or tomorrow no i i typically i typically wait until right before the game just yes just so i have the most up-to-date news in terms of you know you never know is did somebody get hurt during practice this week did somebody you know get sick and not make the game or whatever so i like to wait until right before kickoff to place picks however if you give a pick and you take you know let's say use Benny's example here, right? You take Utah minus three and then the line moves to Utah minus four or three and a half where they have to win by more than a field goal. Now, all of a sudden that pick might not make sense on Saturday morning. So those are, those are things that I think are caveats moving forward in this segment. If we continue to, uh, to give out some picks is, um, you know, the line, the lines are what they are when we talk about it, but those things are subject to change. Exactly. Um, so with that in mind, to uh, to wrap up my picks for um, for the week here, uh, you know, just initially, I'm going to start to have much heavier slates, by the way, as we go. But uh, very quickly, I mean, just because of the number, and this is where I'm going to go against what I just said about these uh, – they're going to be more in agreements with, you know, the, the different types of conferences and stuff like that. We got Appalachian State against North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, Appalachian State will be home there. Um, North Carolina played week zero. They have a 1-0 record. They did not cover the spread in the first game. I like them to cover the spread here. We're getting, you know, they are favored by a point and a half. I just think that's a nice number. Big difference in conferences there, Appalachian State and the Sun Belt. Um, I believe they're in the Sun Belt. I think they're. Um, Derek erased Appalachian State from his mind years ago. Shout yeah. out Michigan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I like North Carolina Tar Heels here. Can I, um, uh, I just think that's a really favorable number. It's a tricky one for, you know, college football because it's so low. The game could go either way with the favoring team being on the road as well. But – I think with the difference in, in pedigree there a little bit, Mac Brown, veteran coach, uh, former Texas Longhorns. There you go, Tudor. Um, I, I like them to cover this this point and a half. Can I interject with some breaking news here? Yes. Uh, I know we're trying to wrap up, but I just got a uh, tweet sent into one of my group chats. Uh, Buffalo Sabres agreed to a seven-year contract extension worth $50 million with Tage Thompson. Whoa. Seven years at 50? Yep. It's pretty good. So, breaking bets. Yeah. Um, just just wanted to kind of share that. That came across the uh, the old group text about two minutes ago. So, uh, yeah. Nice Buffalo. seven. Nice seven and a half. Like conf- yeah. Just confirmed it on their Twitter. Um, I'm sure when we get the details, we'll have more of it for next week. Uh that's crazy. Dive into it there, but I think that it's initially my gut reaction, I knew he was going to get a big contract, but I think he took a huge step up and um, he had I don't to. think I mean, it's, I don't to. think it's that outrageous because, well, you no, know, if I he think continues in the path that he did last year, he's definitely worth that. Because yeah. um, I mean, what is that? That's like seven and some change a year. Yeah, it's like seven, yeah. seven, seven. Yeah. 
Or so like 7.5. More, more to come on that, I'm sure, next week. But wanted to slip that in there before Love we uh, sign off today. Nice Derek, you got any other picks here? No, nope. You're I stick had in... not, I I'm gonna stick with my my woo 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 pigs. The woo pigs. He's gonna go for uh, yeah, and quality, Tudor, not quantity. And, yeah, and Tudor is uh, I, but I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna switch to I like the minus six. Honestly, yeah. I think I might end up switching to the spread, um, give a little bit juicier odds, and um, yeah, it's uh, Tudor's Tudor's back in my boys, so I gotta gotta stand go. tall. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so we got the college football picks in. Maybe we'll incorporate some new content for some stories to throw those up throughout the week, and we can adjust them. Talk to Wittick about that. Um, but yeah. Real quick, though, because like I said, when our next podcast comes out, just in case we don't have time to go over it, Derek, your confidence level in the Buffalo Bills to get it done Thursday night. We might have time to go more into this you know, next week. I think we will, but just in case we don't, how are you feeling? Not a fucking question. Love it. I fucking love it. Not a fucking question. Tudor, you ready for Mitch Trubisky up there in Pittsburgh? Those those fools are bashing heads over in joint practices with Cincinnati. We're out here. We're out here dropping dimes. Yeah, Yeah. we're out here dropping dimes, worrying about bigger bigger picture out here. So, uh, love that. I think the boys. I think the boys are going to take care of business. I think it's going to be a. a, I I I personally wouldn't want to open up with any other team. I think that's a great. That it's a great matchup. It's going to be a great game. Um, Set the tone. I'm really excited for it. Yep, we'll be. Uh, we should be coming off the golf course right in time for a uh, for a nice uh, kickoff to the NFL season too. Um, hopefully, we'll share more of that with you all soon. As far as us doing some golf together, finally, right as the season's just about to end. But uh, like I said, hopefully, more to come on that that we'll share with you in the coming weeks and month or so. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So uh, appreciate everybody listening. As always. It's, it's great to be able to do what we do. Super exciting to have uh, something besides fucking baseball back to talk about for sports betting, especially now yeah, the Tudor's back. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's getting to – we're fastly approaching. Summer. Yeah, for the sports fan, it's becoming quickly the best time of the year. So, um, once again, we're, gonna, we're working on a ton of awesome guests to keep th- changing things up for you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand-new episode and appreciate you all once again. Until next week, see you.